Good morning. Good morning. Oh, we can do better than that. Good morning. Good morning. There we go. All right. So uh, we've had a fun, fun week of EBS, um, and so we wanted to take today to make it the fifth day to share with parents um, what we've done at EBS. And so to start, I want to thank all the helpers that helped with EBS because it definitely couldn't have happened without you guys. So. If you helped with any part, when I call it out, if you guys will stand, um, that way we can show our appreciation for you. If you help decorate, serve food, teach, walk around with the kiddos, helped with check-in, if you were in the band, or if you're planning to help tear down, if you guys would stand so we can thank you, because it couldn't have been done without y'all. And also there's the, the nursery workers that are already back there with the kiddos that also helped. Um, but definitely couldn't have been done without your help and your support. So thank you guys. Um, couldn't have been done without you. So one of the things that we did at VBS was the kids brought in their uh, pennies and coins for Operation Kid to Kid, and I talked about what that would go to, and I totaled up the weight, and we had 110 pounds of change. Um, does anyone want to guess how much money that is? Just take it. What do you think, Liam? 162, that's a good guess. Yes, Grayson, what do you think? All right, we're getting closer, Casey. Ooh, you are super close. Yes. 200. What do you think? Yeah, so we were close. We, we got 500, about $550 in change. Uh, that was awesome. And... So I've got a video to show what that actually will go to um, for that. Not too far from North America is the country of Ecuador. In this little country, about the size of New Mexico, you'll find cities, beaches, jungles, and mountains. Small farming communities are nestled into the soaring Andes Mountains, far from the bustling city. Life up here can be hard. At nearly two miles above sea level, the soil can be compact, rocky, and dry. That makes it hard for farmers to grow the crops they need to feed and provide for their families. As a result, a lot of kids go hungry, but a surprising animal can make a huge difference. Alpacas are fun, friendly, fleecy farm animals. Most farm animals have hooves, which pack down the soil. But God made alpacas with little pillows on the bottoms of their feet. The soft feet are gentle to the soil, keeping more moisture in the soil, which can even mean more water in the air. That allows the crops to grow better. Wow! Plus, alpaca fleece is valuable when it's spun into yarn, then woven into clothing or blankets. And alpacas make about 10 pounds of fleece each year. Families can stay warm and sell the fleece to help pay for their kids' education, health care, and food for many years. Unfortunately, alpacas are expensive for farmers to buy. But you can help. When you bring in $10, and you bring in $10, and you, and you, and you, and you, all those dollars get put together and sent to people who will give alpacas to families in Ecuador. 
you can bring help, hope, and awesome alpacas to kids in Ecuador. All right, so we'll, we will be sending, a, it'll be about 55 alpacas down to Ecuador um, that you guys that brought in the change helped to give. So thank you guys for that. That's going to really help those families. So that was one part of EVS, and you guys got to experience the other part with Moses and Makah, um, and they kind of told the story, and they had humor in it, um, and the kids really enjoyed Moses' tent, and then I would, at the end, tie it all together um, to our main point. So I was just going to review our uh, main points that we did through the day, and it, that'll tie in all together um, as I get uh, speaking. So day one, um, we talked about the Red Sea, and we talked that God is with us, so... All right, and day two, we talked about when God provided quail and manna, and so God provided, so we should. And then uh, the next day, we talked about uh, when the Israelites fought the Amalekites, and we talked about how God protects us, so, or God gives us strength, sorry, so trust God. And then on day four, we talked about um, when the Israelites were still in Egypt, and the angel of death came, and God protected them, God saved them, so, all right, so, and that brings us to today's main point, but before I say our main point, I'm going to have a game, Um, so I will need four parent and child groupings, four parent and child groupings, Um, let's have uh, Izzy, Yes, that's two. You got no parent. You gotta have parents. We gotta have parents for all right. Uh, Briley, Mia, is your, is your mom gonna come up? <laughs> all right, and then let's have um, yes, Aislinn. Let's have you guys come up. All right, so we did play this game during the week, so the kids know. Um, but I thought it would be fun to play again with a parent twist. So parents. You guys are going to put on a blindfold, and kids, you are going to guide your parent through a maze. Now, you can't touch them, can't touch them, you can only give direction, but there will be obstacles that I'm going to put out, and if you touch it, you will have to go back. No cheating. I was disappointed this week in one of our games. We did have one of our leaders that was cheating on their phone. I'm not going to call out any names, uh, but they know who they are. (laughs) Okay, so your object is to get your parents. Remember, you can't touch them. You can only give direction to get them to me. Fairly simple, but they can't see. All right, so ready, set, go. (laughs) So you're just trying to get across. It's not a race. You just don't want to touch anything. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.
Oh, nice job. Y'all were first. We're almost there. Oh, you, you hit something. Who is it? It's me. But you made it. <laughs> nice job. Nice job, parents. Nice job, parents. I'll take your blindfold. And I'll leave that there and pick it up after, maybe. Um, all right, so in this, in this game, the parents had to fully trust their child. And Mia and her mom was first. And I would argue that they may have been first because Mia was in front. And I don't know if her mom was necessarily listening to the directions of go left or go right, but it was mainly, I think, just listening to the voice because Mia was walking right in front of her, and when Mia needed to step to the side, her voice would go to the side, and she would just follow that voice. So I think that maybe they won because Mia would, may have been in front, and she was listening to that point. They were listening to that voice. But that brings us to our, the point, the main point that we're going to be talking about today, and that is that God guides us, so... I need to see the motions. God guides us, so... Adults, you too. God guides us, so... All right. So, so that's what we're talking about today, and we saw Moses and Micaiah, they acted out the, the Ten Commandments, getting the Ten Commandments. And so, just to explain the context of when this happened, so the Israelites were God's chosen people, and they were slaves in Egypt. God called Moses to deliver his people, and they delivered them out, and they were supposed to go to the Promised Land, but they messed that up. And they didn't necessarily trust God with getting into the promised land. So they had to wander around in the wilderness. And we see several examples of where they didn't trust God. Right? So they get to the Red Sea. What are we going to do? Oh, no. They were, oh, man, we're, we're, we're done. We might as well go back. But exactly, whining and complain. Moses knows all about whining and complaining because that's what Micaiah did most of the week. Um, she would come up and complain about all these things. And so they get to the Red Sea, and they're whining and complaining. Oh, no, we've got to go back. But God provided. He parted the Red Sea. Then they are wandering around, and they're like, we're hungry. We ate better when we, were in, when we were slaves. We need to go back and be slaves. They were whining and complaining. Well, God provided quail and manna. And they could only take how many, kiddos? They could take one. They took exactly what they needed except for what day? Sunday. Except for, well, except for Saturday, because on Sunday... God didn't, God didn't give it to them, so they had to take double. And what happened if they took too much? It would, have, it would have flies and maggots in it. And then if they didn't take enough, well, they didn't have enough to eat on Sunday. And we see in the Bible that that, that happens. That, that, that's an example that they didn't trust that God was going to give them enough for the next day. Well, it turned into maggot bread. Or they didn't take enough. They didn't trust him that it would not be there on Sunday, so they waited, and there wasn't any there. So again, they're whining and complaining, and still, they're not trusting God. And then with the Amalekites, what was wrong with the Amalekites? But yeah, why were they scared of the Amalekites? They were bigger, they were stronger, and the Israelites whined and complained, 
what are we going to do? We're going to lose this. We're all going to die. This is the end. But again, God provided by holding up the staff. And his friends helped him hold that up. And God provided there. And then on the last day where we talked about with the angel of death, that was, it, it, was, out, of, it was out of historical order. Um, but when they were still in Egypt... God provided a way for them to get out because they were supposed to leave, but Pharaoh kept saying, no, you're not going to go. God did all these plagues. And the Israelites were still like, we're stuck here. We're never going to leave. And then God provided a way for them to get out. And he provided a way to keep them safe with the blood of the first lamb over the door. So that's where they're at. They're wandering around, and they've, they've set up camp at Mount Sinai. And we, we all know the, the story of the Ten Commandments. We hear, we've heard that. That's like one of the first things we learn if we grow up in church. But I want to reread that um, just so it can be fresh um, on our mind. So we're going to be in Exodus chapter 20, and it will be on the screen. Uh, but we'll be in Exodus 20. Verse 1 says, And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses the name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in the towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land your Lord the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled in fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, Speak to yourself and we speak to us yourself and we will listen. But do not have God speak to us, or we will die. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. God has come to test you, so that the fear of God will be with you and keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. So again, like I've said, most of us has probably heard this. That I mean, they're on courthouse steps. The Ten Commandments are a lot of places. Um, but I want to argue today um, that the way we may have heard about the Ten Commandments, I, I want to think that maybe God intended these for a different purpose. So when I was looking up, like, well, how am I going to speak on this? Um, I read a couple articles, and actually the, in the Hebrew where it was written, the word commandment is not, it's not how it addresses these ten things. It's just addressed as ten words. And so when I think of commandment, I looked up in the dictionary, commandment means uh, to command. Um, and then command means to order or control. And I don't think that's what God was trying to do 
with these Ten Commandments. Because if we know the story of the Bible and know the story of God, he's not, He didn't create us to control us. He created us for a relationship. And so um, that's, my, that's my next point, is that the Ten Commandments, they weren't there to control the Israelites or us. God's always given us a choice. We've all, even from the very beginning with Adam and Eve, they had a choice. You can do what I've asked, and the one rule is don't eat from that tree. But they had the choice to eat or not. God could have made it to where there was no bad tree, no choice. But he wants that choice. He wants that relationship with us. And I think that's what he's doing with the Ten Commandments here for the Israelites. Hey, this is my guidelines. Because remember, our point is God guides us. So these are my guidelines if you want to follow me. This is what I've laid out. And so what I think that the purpose of the Ten Commandments was to reveal God's character. And so if we look at the Ten Commandments and kind of break it down, we can see that in the Ten Commandments we see his worth. You know, you've got the commandment of no God before him. That's putting his worth. He's at the top. And not to use his name in vain. Uh, Not to use his name, misuse his name is what another translation says. And so his name is so powerful, is so worthy, that we can't just use it lightly. We can't just use it any way we want. So that's revealing that God's character is that he's worthy. And the second part is revealing that is his honor. And so we can't have any other idols. Remember, they're coming from Egypt, where the Egyptians had thousands of gods. The god for rain, the god for sun, the god for crops, the god for this. And they were all equal things. Well, God says... No, there's not anything but me. And so that's his honor. He's, he's got the highest honor. And then um, it also shows what's important to God. So we've got rest. Rest is important to God. He did it when he created the, the earth. And then he also points that in the Ten Commandments that, hey, you need to rest. Um, I did it, so you do it. And then he also puts in there uh, love. I think we can see love in the Ten Commandments when not murdering uh, not committing adultery, not stealing, those things, if you do those things, it's hard to love that person that you're doing that to. Um, and then lastly is respect. So um, coveting and telling lies and um, honoring your father and mother, that is showing respect to other people. So I think that the Ten Commandments, not necessarily their rules to follow, but it's showing God's character so that we can model God's character. Because... And another point that I thought, when I thought of, when I was thinking of this last night, I thought of um, in Mark ten seventeen, uh, when Jesus is talking to the rich young ruler, um, and it says that Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all of these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At, the, at this, the man's face fell. He went away because he had great wealth. So I think Jesus brings up the Ten Commandments to this guy because Jesus knew that this guy had followed the Ten Commandments. He's followed all of those rules. And Jesus knew that. But Jesus, I think Jesus brought those up because, hey, it's not about following the rules. It's about being like Christ, being like God. And that's to model that. And Jesus knew that that 
wasn't what he had because another part of God's character is selfless love. And the guy obviously didn't have that because it says he had great wealth and he went away. So he was more concerned about his wealth than he was about following Jesus. And so that's the, the second point, that these reveal God's character. Um, and then the next one is kind of ties in to that, is that it helped God's people uh, back get back to their purpose that they were created for. All right, so we were created to be in relation with God. That's what he created Adam and Eve for, but we messed that up with sin. And then God says that we're created in his image. And again, I think if we're following the Ten Commandments, that's going to help us to be in God's image and help us be in that relationship um, with God. Because remember, God's holy, and he can only be around holy things. And we have yucky sin. Uh, we did a, I wish I had the t-shirt. Um, we wrote sin on a t-shirt, and we realized that, hey, this t-shirt can't come clean. And that's how we start out. And God can't be around that because he's perfect, he's holy. And so the only way to get rid of that sin is for us through Jesus. Um, but for the Israelites, it was following God's commandments and making sacrifices when they did mess up. But now we have Jesus, so we don't have that to make those sacrifices. But this is helping the Israelites to get back to God's initial purpose of being in relationship with him. Because they whined and complained, and so they couldn't be in that perfect relationship like God wanted. So he gave them these guidelines to do that. All right, and so to, to, to tie this all together with the whole week of EBS. So we're supposed to trust God. Did the Israelites trust God? No, right? They kept messing it up. And you can keep reading after um, Exodus and keep going and just see the Israelites just keep messing, messing it up. But it's good because we're not Israelites, right? We don't mess it up. Right? We're good. We, we, we accept Jesus and everything's fine, right? No, right? We, we're just like the Israelites. Um, but this story of the Israelites in the wilderness, I think, shows God's love for us and how much he loves us. The Red Sea. He used nature. He used nature to, show, to provide for his people. And then with the food, he, gave, he provided their needs. They needed food. He provided that. Um, and then he used other people. With the Amalekites, Moses couldn't do it by himself. He couldn't hold up the rod by himself. He had to get his friends to come and help hold it up. And so God uses people to help provide for us. Um, and then he also has the, the spiritual side, where he does spiritual battles for us. The angel of death, that was all spiritual. And he told him, put the blood on and you'll be safe. But he used the spiritual realm to help the Israelites get to their freedom. And then... Today, when we learn about the Ten Commandments, he's using rules. I don't want to necessarily call them rules, but he uses that to show his love. And so we see in this story the, that God uses everything that he can to show that he loves the Israelites. And he does the same thing for us. Um, and, but the Israelites failed, and they kept on failing. And that's what eventually leads to uh, Jesus coming. And I want to argue also that we are just like the Israelites. We keep messing up. We do, God will provide for us, God will do something for us, and we'll just mess it up again. And that keeps happening, but God keeps providing. And 
for one, for one thing, I always think of, I was listening, I was listening to a sermon by uh, Matt Chandler uh, a couple weeks ago, and he was, he's going through uh, Revelation, and he was talking about how the people in America are like, the, Ameri- the church is dying, Christianity is dying. And he's arguing, he's like, no, 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 Christ- there's more Christians now than there ever been in the history of Christianity. It's just not here. It's in Asia. It's in Africa. It's in the Middle East. And he was saying, here we struggle as Americans because we're educated and we have science and we don't want to look stupid. But in, in China and in Asia and the Middle East and in Africa, when something happens, they immediately are like, that was God. But how many times for us does something happen and we get sick? Oh, thank goodness I have medicine to heal me. We uh, think that we don't have certain food that we want to make something at home and we open up the pantry and we're like, oh good, it was hidden. I didn't realize I had it. But I want to argue that that's God and we should give God that credit. Um, I gave the example of VBS, but I, I love the example, so I'll, I'll share it again. When we were in China coming back um, a couple of years ago, I look on, we're, we're going to leave on Monday, and I get on Saturday to look for our plane tickets, and they're not there. I call Expedia, and I'm like, where are our plane tickets? They're not showing up. Here's my receipt for my payment. And they're like, yeah, we can't find them. They're not there. We'll give you your money back. And I'm like, no, no, no. I need to be on that plane because there were no other plane tickets. Like, the, the next option was first class with Emiratis, which would have cost my family about $60,000. So there, there was no other option. Uh, and so Megan is just praying the whole time. God, show the tickets, show, pull them back up. They're there. God provide. And I'm talking to the lady and getting frustrated. And I'm like, no, you need to give those tickets. This is not a thing. And Megan's, Megan's praying and I'm not. Uh, (laughs) and after about an hour of being on the phone for me and about an hour of praying for Megan, we the lady was like, oh, they're here. And I was like, thank goodness that lady, she did what she was supposed to do. She worked through and found the plane tickets were safe. And Megan's like, no, Dodo, I prayed and God gave them. And, and, I, and, and now, like, looking back, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but how many times do we do that where we, we justify something happening to science or to luck or to chance when no that's god and so this week what i want you what i want to challenge you guys to do is think about that when whenever something happens and it's like oh i want you to think don't think that oh that's just a chance that that happened but no think that's that's god doing that and give thanks to god because that's something that the israelites didn't do we don't see any recollection of them when god provided the quails they we don't see them saying thank you but god still provided and i think that how much better would it have been for them if they would have given thanks and for us too and not necessarily saying that oh god's going to give me more if i say thanks but just that changes your your heart if i go with the attitude of i can't find something in my pantry and i'm getting upset and I find it, and I'm like, oh, it was just hidden. And then I go about my day. Nothing really changes. But if I stop and think, thank you, God, for 
providing that, for showing me that that was there. If I take that approach, that's going to change my heart and keep me thinking of God and keep me in talking and communicating with God. And so I want to challenge you that to this week. When something happens that you're not expecting or chance happens, don't think of it like that. Think of it as that's God providing and God guiding. So to show this, God guiding us, um, I have a balloon. And with a balloon, we can go through life. We can go through life. If you'll stand there. And if we're thinking of our relationship with God, our purpose is to be with God. And we can go through life willy-nilly, but it's going, to be, it's going to be by chance that we get to that point. And I could do this over and over again, and maybe once it will get there. But if we're using God as a guide, so that's the Holy Spirit, that's reading our Bible, that's praying, that's being in connection with God, that's allowing Him to guide us. If we do that, it's like this. Let's see if we can get it taped. Do one more. It fell off the first time I did this. Just to be safe. All right. But if I'm using God as my guide, now it's going to easily get there. But that's praying, that's the Holy Spirit, that's Jesus, that's being in connection with people that are other Christians. Moses didn't do it on his own. He had people holding him up. We've got to have people holding us up too. And so, again, as you go through, look for those things. Look for how God can guide you. You know, make sure we're doing our, we're, we're reading, we're doing our quiet time. Parents, Make sure you're, you're including your kids in those things because they need help with that and you're the ones that help them. Uh, make sure you're praying. Pray as a family. Pray individually. Pray all the time. Uh, but that keeps us in connection and that gets us to that goal of that relationship with God. So, I will pray and then... Am I forgetting something? Oh, okay. All right, so let's pray. Uh, dear God, I just want to come and thank you for bringing everyone here today. Uh, thank you that you are with us and that you protect us and that you save us and that you guide us. And I pray that everyone here will realize that those things that happen by chance, that that's you. That's you providing for us and that's you taking care of us. I pray um, that you will show us this week um, how you provide for us in specific ways. I pray that anyone here, if they have any questions about what all of that means, um, about you guiding us in the Holy Spirit and Jesus and all of that, I pray that um, they'll speak out and talk to someone that does know, whether that's a parent or a friend or an elder here. Um, I just pray that um, you'll speak to us this week and be with us this week. In your name I pray. Amen.